Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome into Sports Tonight, back with College Football Talk, here for our BSL College Football Analyst, Mike Lowe. Mike, how we doing? Great. How's it going, Chris? Did you enjoy the games? Did enjoy the games. Uh, always forget college football is about five hours long every game, but it is uh, enjoyable. Well, we got the new rules now, Chris. It's supposed to speed things up. Although everything uh, yes. I see on Twitter <laughs> says people don't like it. I don't understand why because I, I, I kind did, of prefer it, it, a quicker it, it, game. It did move a little bit better. I, I, I appreciated that. I think, I think it helped, but, we, you know, I'm sure they'll give us the data after a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, kind of like baseball, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what it ends up being. But to me, it seemed to move along a little quicker than it has without the uh, all the clock stoppage. Yeah, I, yeah, it made a difference. It's just be, being old and complaining. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I did enjoy the games. Got to start with one of the better games we've seen in some time that was – the story of the weekend, uh, Dion in Colorado getting the road W at TCU. TCU, of course, going to the national championship uh, game last year. Uh, you know, I, we talked about Colorado briefly last week. Uh, I thought by the end of the year they could gel, they could push teams. Really didn't expect them to hit the gates running. Really didn't expect them to go in the uh, and beat TCU on the road with 80 transfers. Uh, Shader Sanders looking that poised on his way to 500 yards passing. Travis Hunter showing out both sides of the ball, playing the amount of snaps he did in that heat. Uh, really can't say enough how impressive that performance was. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more as far as uh, being able to script a better opener uh, for a team that had so many question marks like that when, uh, you know, you had so many guys that just hadn't played together. You have an entire new coaching staff. Uh, a lot of these guys are playing at a higher level than they ever did before. Um, like you said, Shadur Sanders looks so poised and uh, was really impressed with, uh, you know, how quick he got that ball out, how he, you know, he always seemed to know exactly where he needed to go and, um, you know, kind of uh, helped his offensive line out, which I thought was going to be a weakness. I think they mostly held up pretty well, at least in the pass protection. I'll kind of get to the rest later. Um but yeah, he was extremely impressive. Um, as you mentioned, Travis Hunter, um, what an amazing performance. Uh, you know, if he keeps this up, he might be the best two-way player we've seen since Charles Woodson won the Heisman uh, Trophy back in right. 1997. Um, that was just really impressive. And uh, apparently uh, doing all that working out up there in the Colorado altitude is uh, helping him with his conditioning because uh, he, he made – it was well over 100 snaps he played. I, I, I lost count of it after a while when they got to 100, but it was a lot. And, uh, you know, he's sitting there in the post game interview saying i'm ready to go play again let's uh let's get out there play some more and um you know the uh got to mention dylan edwards too their freshman running back uh he had a really terrific day as well i think he's going to be a pretty special player and again hats off to uh sean lewis uh their offensive coordinator uh he was the head coach at kent state last year left to join dion and uh just had a really terrific game plan and um you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe as soon as next season, he, he's going to be a power five level head coach. Um, 
Now I'm going to have to be that guy with the cold water, though, that bucket of cold water to throw all over everybody, uh, because some of the concerns I had about them, I think uh, you could kind of see. And I think actually, um, you know, I kind of agreed with you last week that, you know, as they get more time together, they might improve as the season goes on. I'm almost starting to think it might be the other way around, that mm-hmm. the, the wear and tear and the lack of depth are just going to be a struggle for them. Um, the offensive line, again, I thought they did pretty well in pass protection. Uh, they did not open up much at all in the running game for them. Uh, defensive line, I also think the defense altogether it was a concern, but they did make a couple of outstanding plays, um, you know, generally defense a couple of get, turnovers. Defense started to get pushed around pretty consistently. Uh, uh, the TCU back was uh, – he had a little size to him, but he was gashing them up uh, up the middle pretty well with, yeah. uh, with, with some holes uh, uh, there in between. Made me think uh, Dion's going to need another uh, offseason of uh, recruiting the NIL to uh, – Yeah, uh, yeah, he's going to need to fortify both lines, I think. And, um, you know, I – I mean, we could even see this as soon as next week. Um, they get Nebraska at home, and obviously that's going to, you know, the atmosphere there I'm sure is going to be off the hook, and, uh, you know, that'll certainly be a motivating factor for the Buffaloes. Um, Nebraska is a much bigger, more physical team on both lines than TCU is, and so I think they could do a better job of exploiting Colorado's weaknesses. That doesn't necessarily mean Nebraska is going to win because as we saw, they still got a lot of the old Scott Frost in them uh, when they played Minnesota, uh, you know, a game they had right there in their hands and they just totally choke and let it get away late. Um, you know, Matt rule doesn't seem to have been able to uh, flush that out of their system yet. So we'll see what happens in Colorado. Um I like Nebraska to cover in this game. I think it's uh, up to three and a half points Colorado is favored by. And before TCU, they were actually a seven-point underdog. So that just uh, shows you how much the perception has shifted uh, after just one game. I think TCU was a good matchup, actually, for Colorado to start off with because they do, uh, you know, they they did kind of hit them with some power running at the end there, but they are definitely a more spread-you-out offense and their defense is kind of designed to stop a similar type of offense. And so I think um, that was a good matchup for Colorado to draw. I just didn't think they would be able to, uh, you know, be that cohesive, uh, you know, between Sanders as receivers, um, you know, the line giving them enough time, the new offense and everything. But congrats to them. They pulled it off and hats off to Dion. He did it. Uh, Florida State, they get the statement win over LSU. That was coupled with Clemson losing Monday night versus Duke. Uh, Current takes on the Seminoles and Tigers. Well, yeah, it's time for me to do a little bit of backtracking here. Um, You know, I – I wasn't uh, shocked by how well Florida State performed. I think uh, my surprise came more uh, with how LSU just folded in that second half. Um, But, man, Florida State, uh, you know, they had already brought back a lot of offensive weapons. And now you saw what Keon Coleman did, uh, the receiver transfer from Michigan State. You know, nine catches. uh, What did he have? I think two touchdowns. You add him to the mix now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, they're just uh, – Reading I, about him I, and how athletic they said he he, he was, uh, yeah, really added a lot. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I, I kind of thought Florida State was, you know, they were definitely top 10 material. I thought maybe they were just a slight notch below of, uh, you know, the main playoff contenders. No, no, you, you got to put them in that mix now. Um, yeah, they are absolutely a playoff contender as long as they can stay consistent. Um, you know, under Mike Norvell, they have gone into these funks a couple of times. Uh, last year, they started off 4-0, and then they lost three straight games. Uh, you know, can't do that if you're going to be a playoff team. Um, but, you know, when, when you look at the ACC right now, who's going to challenge them? And which that kind of moves us on to Clemson. And yeah, uh, yeah we're really going to have to talk about them, Chris, because uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we saw Monday night uh, being out here in Oregon. I, you know, I had the windows open and I could swear way off in the distance down from coming down around the Corvallis area. I could hear somebody screaming. <laughs> it wasn't all my fault. And that somebody was probably DJ Uyunglele. Um, you know, after he had uh, the most efficient game of his college career in his first start with Oregon state. And uh, then, you know, the very next night we see uh, Clemson out there and they just totally lay an egg, especially on offense. That was just uh, terrible. And um, I had a bunch of returning players, but it, it was surprising. It also kind of felt like a, uh, a reminder, maybe a changing of the guard. Obviously, Florida State, from the time they joined the ACC, they dominated the conference for, you know, what, a quarter of a century. Uh, and then over the last decade, it, it had been, you know, Clemson, uh, although there was another Florida State national title there with uh, with Jimbo. But, um, you know, it, it felt to me like yeah, that was a uh, over a couple of nights that was a – Florida State taking kind of, yeah, hold, take, the take hold of, of uh, handing off of the baton, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you know, I, I think it's uh, some of the things that you know people have been saying about uh, you know Dabo and his coaching style, you know, over these past couple of seasons. Uh, you know, Clemson had a four-year run where they either won or played for the national championship. Um, you know, from 2016 to 2019. And then, uh, you know, 2020, they still made it to the CFP. And then, uh, you know, they followed that up with back-to-back three-loss seasons, which, you know, by most standards is still pretty good. But, um, you know, by what Clemson had done the previous decade, uh, you know, fallen off. And, you know, this just so happens to coincide with the rise of the transfer portal and NIL opportunities. Now, I know Clemson is in on NIL, but Dabo just refuses to use uh, the transfer portal. And I think that's coming back to bite him. Um, you know, his his claim is my transfer portal is right there in the locker room, which means, you know, he's going to replenish his program with high school freshmen. And look, you're just not going to get the kind of production out of most of these kids. Some of them, yeah, they can come in and produce for you day one. A lot of them, though, they need a couple of years. And some of them you're going to miss on, too. And, you know, you you need to be able to get those experienced guys uh, when you're losing experienced guys of your own. And he won't do that. And I think that's starting to show, especially wide receiver. My goodness, the receivers, um, I, I think they're in trouble. Um, you know, when it comes to you know having playmakers, their offensive line looks just average. Um, you know, I saw some uh 
numbers here. It was, uh, yeah, they averaged 4.9 yards per pass attempt, 7.7 yards per completion, and didn't have a single one longer than 21 yards Monday night against Duke. That's just not going to get it done. And um, yeah, to me, if you think about those best those Clemson teams, and they certainly had skill position talent, but I think what caught the eye of many is that they had uh, lines, particularly on the defensive line, that, that looked every bit as good as the best SEC teams. And, and uh, you're not seeing that. So to your point about, you know, the experience, uh, you can't just insert <laughs> – yeah, the, the true freshman, and think you're going to get get that line play. I mean, those are years of uh, building. Precisely. Right. Yeah, and and you know the receivers. I mean, you know, this is a school that's produced the likes of you know DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, T. Higgins, uh, Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, from what I saw Monday night, they don't have anything even close to that. You know, a lot of drop passes, guys just struggling to get open. Um, they move the ball, and then every time they get into the red zone, they just fail to execute. Um, you know, I think a lot of those things are correctable. You know, the fumbles, the missed field goals, they can work themselves out. But I think there's some uh, systemic flaws on that team right now. And, you know, it kind of goes back to the head coach. And, you know, I wonder they brought in Garrett Riley as offensive coordinator and moved on from, you know, Brandon Streeter, who was, you know, a Clemson guy with Dabo from, you know, for seemingly ever. And he kind of uh, moved away and went outside. But, I didn't really see any appreciable difference in, um, you know, the schematics of their offense from what they've done previously. So I'm not sure if Garrett Riley is really the answer. You know, it's, um, you know, Bear Bryant once said, it's not the X's and the O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And, uh, you know, I think Dabo needs to get in the portal and find some Jimmy's and Joe's who can uh, go out there and both block and catch the ball. Ohio State didn't light the world on fire in their win at Indiana. On the other hand, it was a divisional game on the road. Uh, you got the first look at the uh, Buckeyes. Uh, what stood out there? And uh, um, yeah, and you know, I'm not going to moderate anything that I thought about the Big Ten East uh, heading in. I still think it's uh, you know Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, and I think the three of them are very close together. And so that order could certainly shift as the season wears on. Um, I, if I'm an Ohio State Buckeye fan, I would urge you know urge the Buckeye fans not to panic. Uh, Kyle McCord, obviously, that was not what he would have wanted for his very first start. Um, not a great game at all, um, but. You know, it, the whole offense, I thought, was a little bit flat. Um, you know, their running game didn't produce very much. And, you know, I, I don't think it was necessarily supposed to be a cakewalk anyway. I know it was just Indiana. But as you said, Chris, you know, you're playing a division opponent on the road, your very first game. Uh, I wouldn't panic over those struggles. What I would point to was how great Ohio State played defensively. Uh, they only allowed 150 yards uh, on the day. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think 
if there's been an Achilles heel for the Buckeyes over the past couple of years, it's been their defense. And so for them to look that crisp and that good uh, at the start of the season, now, again, it is just Indiana. So, you know, we're going to see them have to raise their level a bit as the opponents get tougher. But I think that's a positive sign. Offensively, they get Youngstown State this week, and then they get Western Kentucky to kind of work out the kinks before they head on the road at the end of the month to go play Notre Dame. One of the more interesting results of the weekend was Washington just demolishing Boise State. Uh, what, if anything, are the Huskies lacking? I think the only thing I, uh, based on what I saw, that I think they really do need to improve on is they they need to run the ball better. Um, I mean, I, you know, they're passing offense, one of maybe the most prolific in college football right now. Uh, they only ran for 48 yards, I think something like 4.1 yards per carry. They're going to need to improve on that. I think they need to have a little bit more balance, so would definitely like to see them run the ball better. Other than that, um, you know, I think uh, I, I still put them in Utah as uh, my two favorites right now in the Pac-12. And I was really surprised at just how they manhandled. You know, they got off to a real sluggish start in the first quarter, but after that, they just absolutely steamrolled Boise, who I thought and still think is going to be a pretty good team. But I was not expecting that result at all. Yeah, that jumped out at me. So the ACC had four losses. The Big 12 had four losses. The Big 10 had four losses. The SEC had three. Uh, and then the conference that is imploding, the Pac-12, is undefeated. Yeah. Is anyone getting through that Pac-12 schedule without two losses? Well... They're off to a good start. You know, they're uh, non-conference. Nobody uh, took any losses. Um, you know, obviously, some of the teams have some tougher games coming up, a couple of them, uh, you yeah, know, that we'll talk about here. And I think somebody is going to come out of there with two losses. And, again, if, uh, if I'm laying money right now, it's going to be one of either Washington or Utah. Could still be Oregon. Could still be USC. And I wouldn't write off Oregon State either. Um, you know, Colorado again. I, I I don't think they're built to last. Um, you know, they. Uh, I said they'd do great to win four games. I think now maybe six in a bowl game is within reach. Um, but that's about it for them. Yeah, the the Pac-12. It, it still looks like um, you know a lot of good teams that could certainly cannibalize each other. So I would not be shocked if uh, you know there is um, you know nobody there with one loss or less at the end of the season. Um, but right now I, I, I think they can do it. I think this could be the year that, uh, you know, their last year ever, they're kind of writing their epitaph. And so I, I, I think they get a team in the playoff this year. Uh, Oklahoma was a mess last year with Lincoln Riley gone uh, to USC. Uh, they opened their 23 season with a, 73 to nil drubbing of Arkansas State. Uh, are the Sooners operating a bit under the radar in the Big 12 for you? I would say, but not for me. Um, you know, when we talked last week, uh, to me, I think they were one of the teams. You know, I, I think they were one of several teams that I thought uh, could win the Big 12. Again, uh, like the Pac 12, that's kind of a wide open conference. Uh, I think you have more than just, uh, you know, two or three obvious favorites there. Um, 
I'm not going to make a big deal out of what we saw Saturday. Arkansas State isn't even supposed to be a team that makes noise in the Sun Belt, much less, uh, you know, go on the road and put a scare into somebody like Oklahoma. Um, you know, 73 to nothing. Yeah, that's going to catch your eye. Um, this weekend, they get SMU. Now, I don't think the Mustangs are really going to be a team that can go in there and beat them either. I think maybe they'll give them a little bit better measuring stick. Um, but, you know, I think for a lot of people, Oklahoma probably is under the radar. Um, you know, I they probably, if you made me uh, list who I thought would win the Big 12 prior to this last weekend, um, I probably wouldn't have had them number one, but they were definitely in my top three or four. I didn't see how they did in the portal or what they did recruiting-wise. They really didn't do my homework and check there. But obviously that was a team that always had a considerable amount of uh, uh, talent. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. I imagine they lost uh, plenty you know, beyond Cal yeah. Williams into the uh, Yeah, the well, they got after. Dylan Gabriel uh, yeah. last season off the portal from uh, Central Florida. And uh, he's back this season. Uh, you know, he – Obviously, didn't have to play a whole lot on Saturday, but, uh, you know, had a terrific day. Um, you know, really, I think for them, it's going to be more about defense, uh, which, you know, is Brent Venable's calling card. So it was surprising to see how much they struggled last year. Um, but again, you know, you had a lot of turnover. And, you know, let's be honest, Lincoln Riley, um, whether it's Oklahoma or USC has not exactly had great defenses uh, in his tenure anywhere. So it, it was not surprising to see that they might've struggled um, on that side of the ball and in Venable's first season. Um, he's somebody who's going to get that fixed. We'll see if it happens this year. I, I think it could, which is why I think that, uh, you know, they should be in the mix for that big 12 title. There right, we'll go for a handful of games for, for, uh, this Saturday, September 9th, uh, we'll ask you who wins, why, and the importance of the game. So you got Notre Dame, the uh, pseudo-ACC member at NC State. Yeah, I was uh, not very impressed with what we saw out of the Wolfpack in their uh, opener at Connecticut. Uh, they were uh, pretty bland, and uh, they I mean, they won 24-14. to 14. Uh, I don't think that was a very impressive way to start the season and I don't really see them being able to hold up the Notre Dame one benefit they have is they they certainly uh know Sam Hartman pretty well and in fact the last time they played him I, they picked him off three times in a 30-21 win over Wake Forest last year uh I don't think it's going to go quite so well for them this year um Notre Dame is actually a seven and a half point favorite I like the Irish not only to win but the cover. Uh, you got Utah, your Pac-12 co-favorite at Baylor. Yeah, this uh, we might see a battle of backup quarterbacks in this one. Um, you know, as we know, uh, Cam Rising didn't get, uh, wasn't able to go uh, against Florida. That wasn't a huge surprise. Uh, he seems more likely to be able to go this weekend, but still not a sure thing. What we do know is that Baylor's starting quarterback. Quarterback. Uh, Blake Shapen is going to be out. He heard his MCL in uh, what was really a disastrous loss against Texas State. Um, just uh, you know, total surprise. Uh, they 
they just actually came into Baylor and, uh, you know, wiped the field with them, especially on offense. Um, it's a little surprising to see a Dave Aranda coach team struggle that much defensively. Um, I like the Utes in this one to win, uh, again, especially if Cam Rising is back. I think uh, Baylor, I think they're a little too proud to let this be an ugly game. And so I think they'll probably cover the uh, eight points that they're getting. Um, but I, I, I think Utah is just the better team here. So um, even on the road, give me the Utes to win it straight up. Uh, Old Miss at Tulane. So uh, Ole Miss, uh, they had themselves quite a day uh, against uh, Mercer. And um, they uh, Jackson Dart just had a huge day, quarterback. And uh, honestly, I think uh, Tulane is somebody that can kind of slow him down, where I think the green wave is going to struggle. Struggle is in uh, stopping Quinshawn Judd. Judkins on the ground. Um, I think he's going to have a really big game uh, running it against the green wave. And so I'm going to go ahead and take Ole Miss uh, uh, both winning as well as uh, cover their um, seven point favorite. So give me the rebels. And staying with uh, SEC West uh, team, you got Texas A&M going to Miami. Yeah, yeah, this is a really interesting uh, game. This is, I think, kind of a watershed game for both of these teams. Uh, They both had really disappointing seasons last year. Um, You know, Mario Cristobal, I wouldn't say, is on the same seat as Jimbo Fisher, whereas, you know, things are getting a little warm for Jimbo. Um, You know, they kind of forced him to bring in Bobby Petrino. you know, they, they both do really want to bounce back and uh, their offenses are better, but I think points are going to be hard to come by. If you recall last year, uh, A&M won it. It was just uh, 17 to nine was the final score. And I think this is probably going to be another one where uh, it's going to be the defenses that decide this game. Um we got uh, A&M is a four and a half point favorite. I think Miami can cover that four and a half, but I think the Aggies are going to pull it out and win straight up. That's uh, that's my pick there. Uh, Oregon and the Ducks, uh, they go to Texas Tech. Yeah, this is a, another kind of interesting matchup. Um, you know, I know uh, Tech is going to be a little bit salty after what happened to them on Saturday. They went up to Wyoming, uh, jumped out to a 17 to nothing first quarter lead, and then uh, didn't score a single point again until almost the very end of the fourth quarter. They got a field goal to send it into overtime and then ended up losing uh, in the second overtime. So they're not real happy. They're certainly, I think, a much better team than what they showed at Wyoming on Saturday. So I kind of think, uh, you know, this, this one is going to be closer than some people think it will. Um, Oregon, you know, they got Portland State. They beat them 81-7. to That's just kind of one of those games where I don't think you can really read anything at all into what happened there um, other than, you know, they at least made it out of there healthy. That's all you care about in a game like that. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Tech has a pretty stout defense. Uh, so, you know, they might be able to give Bo Nix some headaches. And uh, as far as Oregon's defense, you know, they, they were not very good last year. And uh, they're going to be facing their old quarterback, Tyler Shook, who, uh, you know, transferred, actually 
last year he transferred out and was playing with a or I'm sorry, Texas tech. And so, uh, you know, I think this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, I definitely like Texas tech to cover. They're getting six and a half points. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I would probably take them in an upset too to win straight up against Oregon. Hey, interesting for Utah and Oregon to be uh, tripping to, uh, to the big 12, uh, two opportunities there for, uh, uh, for road wins and it's two big yeah. yeah yeah two 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 good chances and you know i is it, that tech oregon game it's really a toss-up um you know i i i lean just a little bit tech because they're at home um you know i, I do think overall oregon is probably the more talented team um i just need to see more out of their defense and like i said we didn't learn anything from their game saturday nothing at all you can take away from that and a and we'll finish up the week of a in a rematch of a quality game last year, and now a future uh, SEC matchup. Texas uh, goes to Alabama. Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure if I'm uh, ready to join all those who have been crying wolf about uh, Texas finally being back. Um, you know, I think we've been hearing that about them ever since uh, Mac Brown left, and they just haven't been back. Uh, at least not in the way everybody thinks. Uh, you know, Alabama, they are uh, over since 2020, they've been 13, 5, and 1 against the spread at home. And uh, they're a seven point favorite in this one. Jalen Milrow had a great game, accounted for five touchdowns last week, three throwing, two running. Um, you know, he was pretty efficient 13 of 18, 194 yards. Um, that was Middle Tennessee State, though. I'm not so sure. You know, based on I, I did see him play in that game against Texas A&M last season. Uh, he really struggled in that game, so I, I'm not sold on him just yet. I need to see him perform against a better defense. That said, I'm still going to go with the history on this one. I'm going to take uh, you know Alabama both to win and to cover the seven points. All right, another good week of uh, college action coming. We'll be back next week to uh, discuss this and preview next. And you can uh, check out Mike's latest article at the site, baltimoresportsandlife.com, and come join uh, the college football discussions. Uh, any last thoughts, Mike? Um, no, we got another great group of games this week, so uh, just looking forward to it. Um, you know, those uh, they seem to – kind of spread out the non-conference matchups uh, so that they're not all on one Saturday. So, um, you know, don't, don't want to miss a week. So uh, enjoy. All right. Great stuff as always, Mike. Thank you for your expertise. We'll be back next week. Thanks again. Take care.